There were a lot of rumors about them, but most people didn't believe even half of them. It was largely because of the strange noises you'd hear coming from their property on a regular basis. That and the backyard. From the front of the house, things looked pretty ordinary, but it was the back that raised most of the questions. It was a clutter of broken things and discards that lay everywhere. Things like old mattresses, car parts, empty bottles and cans, a couple of back seats from some long extinct station wagons. A pair of old skis leaned crisscross against a blighty apple tree and a long pile of chicken wire promised an enclosure of some sort, although with each passing year, it looked more and more like an empty promise. The backyard was a carefully neglected place, not willful, mind you, but more benign neglect, with an apparent belief that everything back there had its place. And then there was the shed, which generated more rumor and speculation than the yard itself. It was a two-story affair with a metal roof that rattled in the wind, and it was covered in faded siding that left your clothes dusted red if you ever leaned against it. Because they kept to themselves, no one ever found out if any of the rumors were true. One of the rumors was that the father had come to Canada as an orphan survivor from a Polish concentration camp. Another had him living as the black sheep son of a wealthy industrialist from the East. The three children were rarely seen outside the yard, but when they were, people described them as scruffy, but polite and well-mannered. Most of the children's outdoor time was spent in the backyard. There were three red construction pylons in the backyard that stood beside the shed. Their tidy placement separated them from the rest of the chaos spread throughout the yard. The children used the pylons every day, with the oldest one placing two pylons on opposite sides of the yard, and then using the third as a giant red vinyl microphone. He called out marching orders while the other two stamped their way from one pylon to the other. Back and forth and back and forth for what seemed like hours at a time. After the marching was done, the boy with the megaphone would knock on the door of the shed and out would come Mr. Zukovich, who listened while the boy, hands clasped behind his back, gave an accounting of the day's efforts. Mr. Zukovich would always record the daily tally in a spiral-bound book that he kept on a hook just outside the shed door. Another rumor that was heard from Mrs. Bradshaw, whose husband worked at the local utility company, was that despite the shed lights being on at all hours, and despite the steady stream of strange noises coming from their property, there was never a record of any energy consumption. No power use whatsoever showed up on any of the records for that address according to Mrs. Bradshaw's electrician husband. Another rumor, although it was more of an observation by the neighbors than a rumor, was that no one had ever seen any trash that was taken out from the house for curbside pickup. Somehow, they seemed to live without consuming any energy or generating any garbage. Then one day, they simply left. A moving van arrived, and within the day, it was loaded 
with brown cardboard boxes, and off they went, disappearing even further into the city's anonymous background. In the days before the new tenants moved in, some of the bolder kids in the neighborhood entered the house to look around in search of strange residues and fantastic machinery. They found bare walls and clean floors and nothing else. Like unknotted balloons, their imagination-fueled expectations shrank quickly in the empty rooms that held no more substance than the rumors themselves.